My guest today is a former Australian Comic of the Year, Marty Wilson. He's an international keynote speaker. He's authored 15 books. And if you're thinking you can't be funny, Marty's a guy that started as a pharmacist, so not exactly a natural progression. We're going to talk about the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to using comedy or not using comedy to connect or engage. We'll talk about what topics to avoid and which ones to embrace when it comes to comedy. And we'll talk about what you should look for in different stories that will help your stories find that thread of humor. You're going to learn a ton, and it's a lot of fun with Marty Wilson. Marty Wilson, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Neil. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Well, you say it's an absolute pleasure because you don't know me that well. If you knew me better, <laughs> there might be a different well, answer. That's just what you got to say, you know. <laughs> I, understand. <laughs> I understand. I get that all the time. So, Marty, share with the audience something surprising about you that they may not know. I am a pharmacist who was dared into doing stand-up comedy and ended up doing that for 10 years, and now I write books and work on the speaking circuit. So I guess the uh, the surprising thing is that I'm actually still a registered pharmacist. I still own a very small share in a, in a couple of pharmacies with my dad. Really? Yeah, and I'm still technically allowed to wear the white coat and look down my nose at you from the dispensary. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> and so if you happen to be in Australia and you see Marty handing drugs to somebody, it's, it's totally legal. It's all legit. It's, it's all, all legit. legit. And that's what's important to know. So obviously your expertise, because the natural progression from pharmacist is stand-up comedy. Um, it's I think, the Hollywood story, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's the natural progression for most people is, in fact, um, a friend of mine has one of their children in pharmacy school right now, and I said, oh, that's great. They're going to become a pharmacist. And they said, yeah. oh, what are you kidding? No, they're going to become a comedian. The HBO special is around the corner. Exactly. So it's a natural progression. But what I want to tap into is your expertise when it comes to how people connect with and build relationships with other people. So what's the biggest mistake that you see people make when trying to connect with others? I think um, when they're trying to connect with and engage, influence and sell to people, I think they leave out the rapport building part. They they leave out the part. They they rush to the you know the old sort of sales cliche of you know going up walking up to someone in a bar and saying you know hi my name's Marty will you marry me exactly (laughs) Um, and, and and they and they leave out the establish a connection. They leave out the process that you would go through if you're at a backyard barbecue or at a dinner party or something like that, where you just feel each other out and and let it take a bit of time. And, you know, if you wanted to impress somebody, say, like, you know, ask them out on a date afterwards, then you would try to be at your best. You would try to be at your most engaging and your wittiest and your funniest, almost certainly, because um, it's one of those things, isn't it, that, that... you go on all the dating websites like the eHarmony and the RSVP and all those sort of things. What's the one thing everybody says their prospective partner simply must have? GSOH, good sense of humor. Everybody desperately wants to hang around with people um, outside of work who make them laugh. But then we go into work and it's like, this is, this is business. This is serious. This is business. I'm serious. You're serious. This is business and we are serious. And it, and it just, uh, we walk in those doors at work and we just like, we walk over this humor cliff because um, someone early on has told us that it's inappropriate and it's not inappropriate. The right type of humor 
is just human and connecting and engaging. And the wrong type of humor obviously could be inappropriate. Because my whole thing is more funny, more money. And and so I'm not telling you to tell jokes. I, no one wants you to be that guy or that girl. But let's be honest, it usually is a guy in every workplace who comes in and he's cracking gags and he's walking walking through the workplace like, hey, good morning, how you doing? <laughs> you look like you've just woken up. You know, like just um, doing like – Horrible one-liners and just putting everybody off. And uh, you know, you, what what are you doing in that skirt, Jenny? Like, you know, just um, I don't know why I'm using a a, a good fella sort of voice. That's that's funny that that's come out for no reason. But um, you know, someone who who's always cracking gags. Like, I don't mean get up there and do like a tight five like you're at the comedy store or something like that. I mean just lighten up, connect with people about the things that make us all laugh. You know the um. I used to be uh, a stand-up comic, as I said, and there's the point about humour that always works in the workplace is um, can I can I uh, swear just a tiny bit on your show? I should I hope not, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the well, just it just depends. Some people don't like it, and that's okay. Uh, the 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 point about it is who ask yourself who's the dickhead. You know, some some comedians get up on stage, um, an Aussie reference would be Jim Jeffries, and um, he's like very much pointing at the audience and people in the audience and people in society saying, you're a dickhead, you're a dickhead, they're dickheads, you're a dickhead. Um, And whereas some comedians get up there and their comedy is all about, I'm a dickhead, like it's all self-deprecating humour. But the humour that I I believe works incredibly well in business is that humour where you put your arms around the audience and say, aren't we all dickheads? Like we like get people laughing at the common things that we all believe or we all the mistakes we all make, and bring everybody in together using humour is the sort of humour that I'm talking about. And that side of it gets us to where we're on the same side. That's why why I was really pleased to be coming on your show, Matt. This whole say, same side selling thing is exactly where humour gets you. And it totally does, and it's something where if we can both laugh at the same thing, we start to see that we have way more in common with each other. So before we go too far down the path of what people should do and how they can do this, what are some of the things that people should avoid in a business context when it comes to humor? Um, well, I think any type of humor that um, decreases somebody else's status, you know, any type of humor that is uh, deliberately aimed at someone, particularly someone in the business, someone in the room, like the the humor you can do is talking about shared frustrations or common enemies. So, you know, in many businesses, uh, regulation is a common enemy that you can always make jokes about, shared frustrations like technology or processes or things like that within the business or within the industry, even better. Um, common enemies could be your opposition, you know, the the your chief opposition if you're in a, in a town and there's two two or three of you who were the big businesses in your sector in the town, then you can always make fun of the other guys, uh, the other girls' uh, business. So um, make sure that nobody in the room is left feeling diminished when you're making, when you're using humour, and it will always work. And so the other thing that um, we're talking about this off air is you can always make fun of yourself. There's nobody ever gets angry at you for um, making fun of your own human flaws. But there's also a little um, caveat about this in that don't make fun of your skills as they are related to the business. This is really important for um, CEOs and salespeople to learn that 
it's okay to make fun of yourself as a human being, but don't make fun of yourself as a CEO, if that makes sense. You know, if you're selling to somebody, don't make fun of yourself as a salesperson. Don't make fun of yourself. Don't make fun of the products you are selling. You can make fun of the problem that everybody has that your product fixes. Does yep. that does get the subtle difference there? Or you can, you can, as a CEO, you can make fun of um, – the fact that your uh, VA or your, your EA or your PA um, has to organize your calendar and you're always messing things up, but don't make fun of your ability to negotiate a really great contract. Yep. Did you get the subtle difference there? One is my ability is not that good. It's, it's funny. There's an intro that I, that I do in some of my talks that's pictorial, so it's just different pictures that I rapid fire through. And one of them I say, and here's where I went to school at University of California, San Diego, and here's why I went there. And I show it's one of the top 20 um, economics programs in the country. And I say, and my friends and roommates say I went there because of this, and it shows the beach, and it shows <laughs> it shows the Torrey Pines Golf Course. And I said, and I think that's the library. And there's a you know, little arrow <laughs> comes up. I think it's the library. And I had and I had a um, a guy who was an event organizer, he comes to me and says, yes, I wouldn't do that because it undermines your credibility. And I said, well, if I recall correctly, don't I say it right before I highlight that I grew a business from zero to over a billion dollars? Yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah. I said, yeah, I, I think that's okay. I think, I think I'm still good <laughs> getting the laughs on that. And I don't think anyone's thinking, well, only, you know, if he had, if he had spent more time with the library, it would have been five billion. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a good point you make and, and, and you know, sort of what, what you're doing there is almost making fun of a, the typical college kid behavior. You're not, you're not making fun of how you would treat something like that now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so in terms of things that are okay, we can talk about things like gene regulations, technology, processes, common enemies that we might share, and just making like sure social that, media. That, you know, you, you can go to town on social media um, oh, yeah. as as a, as, a, as a business leader or a you know a salesperson or something like that. When you because everyone has their own frustrations and, and common enemies on social media these days. Yeah, I, there's there's no doubt of that. I, I always laugh that I will. Someone will reach out to connect to me on LinkedIn, and it will seem like an innocent, like, "Hey, this this seems like a nice intro that someone's looking to make, and it could be someone interesting." Yeah. And and a nanosecond after I accept it, <laughs> I get this. Well, we're the experts on X, Y, Z, and ABC, and I'd love to set up a time for us to talk about what we do. And I'm like, you know what? If this is a dating scenario, would you say to somebody, "Hey, you seem really attractive." Um, I'd love to get together and tell you about myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I don't think that would go over very well, or maybe it does in some places, and that's why. And you know, do when it. there's you know there's there's a Jean Luc Picard meme about um, about that sort of behavior. You know, when there's memes floating around LinkedIn about the thing you're thinking of doing, then you should think again and not do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or as, or as I, for, I forget who it is, a friend of mine says, "Yeah, any time that you're thinking about doing something." Ask yourself, how do you feel when you're on the receiving end of it? And if the yeah. answer is anything other than ecstatic, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like you get um, – you link in with people and then uh, you, all of a sudden you subscribe to 11 new newsletters you didn't even know existed and things like that. Exactly. It's like, dude, I don't know you. I didn't know you had a newsletter and I certainly didn't want either. Building the right sales talent in your organization can be a challenge. I mean – how do you know which candidates are going to do well and which ones aren't, and even which questions to ask in the interview process to figure it out? 
Well, you don't have to struggle with it anymore. The people at Peak Sales Recruiting have come up with a free sales interview guide. And if you need help finding the right candidates, these guys are total rock stars at finding those right candidates and helping them understand why they'd be better off working for you than somebody else. To get their free guide and to learn more, visit PeakSalesRecruiting.com slash Ian. So we know kind of what to avoid and what things are okay. So I guarantee there are people who are saying, yeah, but you know what, Marty, Ian, this all sounds good, but I'm, I'm just not funny. So how do I overcome that? Because I, I agree with your premise of more funny, more money. But, you know, maybe it's, you know, more flop and, and your money drops. I don't know. But, <laughs> nice. Nice. I like it. I like it. I'll but, use that. I'll use that. So how do we advise people who just don't think that they're funny? There's two parts to this. The, the first part is because I, I um, you know, do sort of private coaching and that sort of thing. But, you know, people <laughs> quite often I get uh, C-suite leaders coming up to me and say, look, I'm, I'm speaking at this conference in about three months' time and I know this guy and they'll give me the name of a, a, a leader, a guy or a girl at a, another um, business in their sector is also speaking and I just want to wipe the floor with them. I want to be really funny so that I stand out compared to them because I know they'll just be reading their PowerPoint slides. <laughs> and, and so, um, uh, but I'm not funny. And so the, there's two sides to this. First of it, um, first thing I always say is I can't make you stand up comedy funny. Like only uh, 10 years of experience can do that. But I can make anyone funnier. I can make anyone funnier than they currently are and the great news about when you go along and if you're speaking in public or you know if you're in a competitive pitch against another business something like that the bar is really low when it comes to what what um how much comedy people will try and how funny it will be so you don't have to ask yourself i need to be either um you know jerry seinfeld funny or i'm not even going to try you just have to uh, try a few light bits of um, comedy, bits of observation that acknowledge some of the tension that goes on in whatever process you're going through. If you're delivering some um, disappointing news to your people as a business leader, acknowledge some of that disappointment, acknowledge some of the tension that might create in the room in a humorous way. What might that sound like? Because I want to make sure that people understand kind of what you're suggesting and, and how it might sound when people are devoid of humor and how the same thing, you know, can have a more playful tone or kind of disarm people a little bit more. In the sales process, for example. So you can just go straight into the numbers and start rattling through things, or you can just do like a, a tiny gentle bit of smile humor, like, okay, now here's the bit where we start talking about numbers and both our both our buttocks clench as we start getting into that um, crouch before a boxing match like Rocky and Apollo Creed. Yep. You know, just like, just, um, so like, and you know, that's not a laugh out loud. You wouldn't expect that to get a laugh out loud, but it's just a, like, you might get a little wry half smile on the face of the person you're speaking to in just such a way that they go like, uh, they let out a bit of a sigh of relief and just say, Oh, he's acknowledged the real human emotion of what's going on here. Does that make sense? R rather than try and be the happy, say, okay, now we're going to like, and that typical sort of comedy patois. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Just 
be open to acknowledging the tension that's going on between you and another person or you and another group of people and they will see you as far more human and far more approachable. And, and it's it's not just me saying this. You know, it, there's um, been 25 years of study about all this sort of thing where even like if you tell a joke to a room of people and they've worked out that even if only 20% of the room laughs out loud, the, the whole room gets the same response in their brains, that they, their brains are flooded with those feel-good neurochemicals that we all get when we all laugh. Everyone smiles a bit, and it increases the likability of the speaker. Even just hearing sounds in the room of this positive affirmation of the person on stage um, makes the whole audience feel, um, feel those same things. It's interesting, Marty. There was, I was giving a keynote in Aruba, and... The the CEO was speaking prior to me going on stage, and so as they were doing some other things, he, he leans over to me and he says, you know, my communications people have me presenting our financials, which is just like, you know, it's I don't even know why we do it. It's the most boring thing ever, <laughs> but everyone expects me to do it. He says, so, I mean – what can I do to make it more interesting? This is five minutes before he goes on. And I said, what if you just stood in front of people and said, look, every year we present our financials. I don't know why we do. It may be to you, as it often feels to me, like the most boring thing ever. But I'm doing it anyhow. <laughs> I said, and, and it's funny. The whole room starts laughing. And he looks yeah. over at me like, wow. And I'm just thinking, all you did was just you stated what everyone else was feeling anyhow. Yeah, yeah. And it bought him a little bit of leeway from the audience that said, all right, it's boring, but he knows it too. <laughs> and and you know, the thing is, you know, when I'm coaching people, people, um, particularly the more senior they are, they always say to me, um, but that will undermine my credibility if I make light of things. But the, again, you know, resting back on the scientific evidence and the psychological evidence, it's actually been shown to be the complete opposite. People who use humour, um, they did this one study where they talked about, uh, they interviewed physicians and their patients and the patients who, you know, and it's never more important to be credible when you are, you know, giving medical news to people. And people who found rated their doctor as having a high sense of humour found them to be more credible and found that they would be more likely to follow their doctor's advice. And so... If you, it's not just about likability. Like if you, and they they believe that there's evolutionary basis for this. If some, if you have someone who keeps their sense of humour, particularly when everybody else is losing theirs, you know, in those stressful times. Um, like I, I talk a lot in businesses, help people through processes of change, like mergers and acquisitions and that sort of stuff. When when everyone hears that word restructure, all of a sudden everyone gets really tense. And and leaders who keep their sense of humour through those types of um, times are actually uh, seen to be more in control of their own emotions, more intelligent, and therefore more capable as leaders, you know, because if if you can keep your sense of humor when everybody else is losing theirs, it shows that you have a fair bit of inner peace going on and are someone to be trusted in a crisis. So it actually enhances your perceived leadership skills if you use a little bit of humor when you're communicating. I love that mostly because I've always been um, just a wee bit sarcastic. And so it makes me feel smarter now that I was doing this intentionally. Um, I remember being a college student and probably 
use humor a little bit too often. I remember I, I wanted to be a resident advisor, you know, one of the people who kind of is responsible for a group of people in the dorms. And I remember I didn't get the position. They said, you know, it's just our, our sense is that you don't take things very seriously. And so I probably had pushed it a little bit too far. And today it's, it's funny. There's a, um, there's a sales methodology. I think this was some Sandler guys. And the approach that they teach is when they call somebody up in a sales call is they say, hey, this is a sales call. Do you want to hang up? And they're, they're poking fun at themselves. Or they'll yeah, say, nice, oh, this nice. is a sales call. Have I got you filled with excitement? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just play the sarcasm of it. And, and if you get that little chuckle from the other people, you just bought yourself 30 seconds to give your spiel. It's really great that you've raised those two points together. And, and maybe if you go back and have a think about um, back at college, maybe the things you were being sarcastic about were like they had you had the wrong targets Probably. maybe if maybe if if you were um really sarcastically and in a really funny way again um making fun of the shared frustrations that everyone would feel but the situations you're going to lead them out of um ra- rather than you know maybe you might have made a couple of comments about one of the people who decided whether you got that position or not or, or something like that ra- rather than the situation and the problems you were all going to face in that next year after you got the position, if that makes sense? You know what? Fortunately, I don't remember the details, <laughs> and, I be- and I believe, thankfully, that things have worked out okay. <laughs> but, but, but there was certainly some time, I remember, I remember at the moment, thinking, I can't believe I didn't get this position. Yeah, and then yeah. I think I had something sarcastic to say about it. <laughs> so there's, there's, probably a lesson, there's probably a lesson there. So what are some of the first things – that people can do to inject this type of humor into their business with their teams? What are the things they should be looking at to introduce humor appropriately into their business? Sure. The the first two things I always get people to do is firstly, get Evernote on your phone or have some little notes taking app on your phone so that, um, you know, when I first started doing comedy, I'd carry a little, um, analog notebook around with me and a pen everywhere I went and just start writing down things that you find funny about, in, in this case, your business, things that you find funny uh, about what goes on, things that you see other people laughing about in your business and start having a think about how you could make those funnier. But the, the surefire, easiest way to start injecting humor into any presentation you have to make, any speech you have to make, any sales pitch you have to make, is ask Professor Google. Um, Because if you tell a story about something that's funny, like if you're telling a joke, if you go, uh, all of a sudden people have to very quick, and they they know, they're they're conditioned to judge whether that's funny or not. They're going to feel bad if they don't laugh. They're going to feel bad about, you know, um, not helping you by laughing a bit. So don't tell jokes. Tell stories. Tell stories about your industry or more particular, it's even better to find stories about the the people you are trying to persuade, whether that be a sales call or whether that be um, you know, as a leader, the people you're talking. So ask Professor Google, just say, for example, I've got a gig coming up that might be about uh, to Toyota, just picking a car brand that everyone knows. I'll, I'll go to Professor Google and say, ask funny stories about funny stories, car industry, funny stories, Toyota. 
um, car industry epic fails. Um, look, look for times when things have gone wrong in the car industry and try to weave some of those funny stories into my presentation. And particularly if they've happened in the, in the last few days, um, it's really great to get up there and weave some funny stories about the people you're talking to into your presentation because then they sit back and go like, you know, oh, wow, he laughs at the same things we laugh at. You know, he, he understands us and he's, you know, delivered us a couple of stories that we can take back to the shop, take back to the business and spread around. And then chances are they'll go, actually go back and say, you know, Marty from More Funny, More Money told me this story today and and they, they're actually spreading the word about your business by um, passing on the stories that you've given them. And the key way to do that, because people always ask, well, I can't just shove a story in there and say, like, you know, here's a fantastic story. The thing you need to remember is if I've just made you absolutely wet your pants laughing, your brain is absolutely flooded with these wonderful feel-good chemicals. And for a quite, for about 20 seconds, you love me to bits. You really know, like, and trust me. You absolutely adore me. And so... I, after that story, you can use phrases like, the reason I tell you that story is this. The lesson in that story is this. And then you can weave those stories, you can bring those stories back and um, present it to the crowd like you are using that story to illustrate a valid point that you were going to make anyway. And people, and when I say that, people are always like, you can see the looks on their face, say, you can't do that. And the way I prove that you can is this. If we asked 100 people, what is the main message? What is the moral of the movie Star Wars? You would get about 30 to 40 different responses as to what the main movie, the main message of the movie Star Wars is. And if you look at the tale Three Little Pigs, what's the main message in the, in the story, The Three Little Pigs? Everyone comes up with a different response. There's, you know, there'd be probably about a dozen different responses. So if I tell you a really funny story and I tell you when you love me to bits, the moral of that story is this, then you're going as long as, as long as it's not something totally ridiculous that has absolutely nothing to, you know, like the, the moral is, you know, call your mum more or something like yeah. that. You know, as long as, <laughs> as long as the story, as long as the moral isn't something absolutely ridiculous, people will believe and trust what you say because most stories you can sort of work around to being about uh, about something about what you really want it to be. Sure, there's a, a keynote I gave recently, and it was for a financial services company. And they insisted on having this disclaimer slide up at the beginning of my presentation. Oh, no. Right? So the disclaimer slide is basically, well, you know, the views of the speaker aren't necessarily those of the company, and this is oh. intended for financial advisors. And so it's this whole long thing. And I take the stage, and I said, look, in case you can't read in the back, basically what this says is, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage this giant liability and guy we don't trust. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the whole place just dies laughing. And I said, so now, let me give you a few reasons why you might want to listen to me. And and here's all the information I got from you in advance. Let me tailor this to exactly, you know, I've tailored our talk exactly to you based on what I've learned from you. And, you know, people came up afterwards and they said, oh, man. That was so funny, and all I did was – it wasn't like I thought about it in advance. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. – I'm reading this on the screen as they're introducing me, and I'm thinking to myself, so 
here's a guy we don't trust. We're not sure what's going to happen, but you're going to sit through him anyhow. <laughs> that was that was my interpretation of what it was. If you can, just in a uh, humorous way, cut to the total truth of what's going on in that moment when everybody is a little bit tense and, you know, express that in a, in a way that everybody else can see what's really going on, all of a sudden your charisma level just, you know, went up to an 11. You know, it went absolutely through the roof and you you would have had them in the palm of your hands for the, for the next – unless you're totally stuffed up for your whole talk, but for the next five minutes, you would have had them in the palm of your hand even if your talk was terrible oh, yeah. just, because of, just because of that tiny moment when you're like, wow, yeah, he, he gets exactly what's going on and he cut to the truth of it. I was speaking for a publicly traded company and every single speaker in the prior day, I was, I was doing the morning keynote on the second day of their event. And they didn't have a keynote the first day, so the, the, my keynote was day two. And so I got there early, and I'm watching, and every single presentation started with something they call a safe harbor statement. And, you know, it's this, it's this thing for investors, and, you know, some of these comments may be forward-looking or that kind of thing. And so they introduced me. I come up, and I have this picture of the San Diego Harbor, and it you know, has, the, has the U.S. Navy in it. <laughs> and I said, you know, I just heard all these safe harbor statements. I don't know what it meant, but for my money, that's a pretty safe harbor. <laughs> and just, it just went forward because – and it's funny because sometimes for me, it's like, look, I don't care if the audience thinks it's funny, but I think it's funny. So this, this one's for me. <laughs> there is value in doing that. There is value even just in, in you putting yourself in a really good mood at the start of any presentation – um, because you know your shoulders go back a bit, you smile a bit bigger, and you just look more charismatic. So there's there's value in that as well. It's magic. So Marty, this is this is great insight. What's the best way for people to learn more about what you're doing and get in touch with you? Sure. If um if they would like to, I do. It ends up being about a monthly webinar for people to learn to put a bit of humor into their presentation. So for that, please go to morefunnymoremoney.com. If you would like, and there's a whole range of resources there that they can look into to start down this process towards getting a bit more humorous. And But if you would like me to come along, I, I sort of speak all around the world and in the States two or three times a year. So if you'd like me to come along to your business and teach you or your people or come and speak at an event to explain the importance of this, please go to martinwilson.com. Excellent. So, Marty, thanks so much. It was it was a blast. And um, I look forward to meeting in person when you're uh, on this side of the pond. That'd be great. Thank you, Ian. All right. Be well. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key information I think you can use and apply in your business. Remember, first things first, using humor to build rapport is a great tool. And it doesn't mean you have to be stand-up funny. You just have to be funnier than somebody who maybe isn't trying at all. Make sure you avoid things that will decrease someone else's status or denigrate your own skills because people may be looking to hire you and you don't want to cut down your own skills. And just state the obvious and wherever possible, try to include other people in your stories that have common links of something that might be funny. Remember, this show gets the direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic you think I should cover or a guest I should have on the program, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace even your customer.